Tiffany. Hi, Louise. How are you? It's been a tough couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. It's been hard, like, to get motivated, huh? And it's just... Yeah, but we've been overwhelmed, too. It's just been, like, something, you know, all over the universe or or in the water, as you say. Yeah. So, yeah, we didn't have an episode last week because we were busy with um, uh, a lot of adoptions. And getting new dogs too. I mean, we, yeah, we we've been busy with. Um, so what happened is Flynn got adopted. God, I know it was just like yeah, we had three adoptions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Flynn had, you know, oh, he definitely was. Um, I mean, all the dogs are perfect in our eyes, of course. But you know, we all have they have imperfections just like humans do. And his was, he was still, um, unsure. So his way of communicating was to kind of show his teeth sometimes and make a growling sound. And, but then he would go, <laughs> I love those dogs though. But, but yeah, it's like when you're showing them an adoption meeting, it's like, it's just like, it doesn't come out. Correct. No, I know. And, but the, you know, the good thing was, is that they were totally cool with it and he's doing great. In fact, he was really, he seemed really comfortable with them. So maybe he didn't, he was actually on his best behavior and maybe he was communicating and that was his way of just having conversation. <laughs> so you know, I sometimes I feel like it, they can sense when the right person for them comes along. Um, like I just had a series of adoption meetings with uh, Prince Valiant, the mm-hmm. border collie puppy that uh, me and Journey have been fostering, and um, he, he's always friendly with people because he was great with people. Uh, but everyone else who who saw him, he he was like, hey you know, nice to meet you. Are you going to take me for a walk kind of attitude? But when these people who ended up adopting him came, he was, you know, he jumping at them and looking at them and like, you know, really wanting them to to pet him and like leaning into their legs and, you know, just like really like being there and connecting Mm -hmm. with them and like being focused on them rather than on the walk. And it was just so beautiful to see because he hasn't done that with anyone else. And they were like, you know, just so in love with him and, you know, wanted to adopt him. And uh, as they took off, Valiant didn't even look back at me. He wasn't scared at all. And I was like, goodbye. Yeah. And, and he, he didn't care. No, you, you're like... Uh, so ex- that was so great to see. Yeah. And so I feel like sometimes they know. Yeah, they do. They do know. I've seen it so many times. I've seen a, I've, I've seen a dog that I had a hard time adopting um, who would just, you know, didn't show himself very well, didn't show interest. And he was really good dog. I mean, he was, he was, he had some issues, but he was so sweet and been through a lot and a really beautiful black dog. And then he met this couple one day and it was like, he was a completely different dog. He just transformed and he was like in their lap. And it was like, he was like, yeah, this is good. (laughs) And then he lived happily ever after. It was amazing. (laughs) And we also adopted, well, I don't remember if we talked about it last time. Maybe we did, but we adopted um, Sweet Coco, nine-year-old Chihuahua. Oh, yes. She found a great home. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's she's a nine-year-old chihuahua that was taken to a shelter. So you can imagine um, her shock to be in a change of situation for so many years. But now she's living life in luxury with two daddies who adore her and give her all these comfy blankets. Um, and we're trying to fundraise to give her um, some teeth work done because her breath really smells bad. And we want to help her feel better. And so she needs a a teeth cleaning and she needs probably some teeth extracted which can be really costly and expensive um so we're hoping that maybe someone can send some donations and we'll make that happen so where do people do that well we have a gofundme page or you can just find us at fairytalesdogrescue.com um, don't, it's not .org. That is a totally different rescue in Wisconsin that has the same name. So make sure it's in San Francisco. Um, and we also got three new dogs. Pinkle, Winkle, and Tinkle. Yes. And if you know or recognize those names, those are from the three blind mice. I've never heard of that fairy tale. It's like, yeah, it's like, there's actually like a, it's like a song and a riddle and a little like it's a, it's almost like a fable or something i'm not sure if it's a f- I true love fables. fairy tale i don't know I, I have to look it up but when i had three of them i thought of what kind of characters are three and i'm like oh they're three blind mice but i don't even know their names so i had to look it up well did you choose uh, their names because the three blind mice are handicapped and <laughs> these little fellas are handicapped did you make that connection or i didn't i did me? not that's hilarious i did not but they aren't blind they're certainly not blind but that's funny um so these dogs are not blind but uh, tell us tiffany they're uh, wobbly walkers so to speak wobbly walkers that sounds cute i like it um yeah they're wobbly walkers so they were found underneath a car um and they thought maybe that a car hit them because of they walked like a wobbly drunk <laughs> they walk like they're drunk it's uh, actually really cute um and uh, then they thought maybe god maybe somebody gave them drugs you know they had cocaine in their system so they tested for that no no drugs and it turned out they have a congenital condition so they were just born this way but it's not uh, at all painful for them or it's not something that needs a uh, medical treatment correct no they don't need medical treatment they're they don't seem bothered by it they're just like this is who we are they're so cute um, they're adorable. They have the, the sweetest uh, dispositions. Um, they're certainly uh, n- not socialized. They are completely have no clue what it's like to be a family dog. So they're curious, though. They're curious. We have been uh, talking about uh, different breeds uh, that are especially subjected or, or victimized in uh, dog rescue and, you know, frequent at the shelters or euthanized um, and we've been giving them a little bit of special attention we've been talking about chihuahuas and huskies and today i think it's time we talk about you know the the big designer dog of our time way to put it for sure designer dog of our time is definitely you guessed it labradoodle it's like the labradoodle or the golden doodle any kind of doodle are everywhere exactly they have just exploded in popularity i started thinking about it and analyzing it in my brain that has no experience in analyzing this kind of data. But I will tell you, I felt like I noticed a lot of people that got the Labradoodles and the Golden Doodles were a lot of times they were first time dog owners. Um, and oh, yeah, that's where they're very common. And, and they're, they're, they're good for that in a sense. 
because they're so family friendly in their temperament. Uh, they're, they're good to have around kids and so they're suitable for families. However, they're not good for the type of families where parents spend all day away working because this is a breed that needs a lot of company to be satisfied and they're high energy high energy so yeah. you need to exercise them you need to stimulate them so it really depends on what kind of family right. you are well you know and it's interesting enough though as much as um they are they're the what's happening as well is too much because there's such a high demand there's a lot of backyard breeding going on that's unethical and what's happening is you're getting dogs that are bred over and over again and so there's some weird temperaments that are also coming out there that is not um not right for for families in fact i know somebody that had a labradoodle and um the the dog was something was wrong because they got him as a puppy but he he would randomly bite people and um she 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 actually bit um the uh, groomer in the face so bad that she had to get to the go to the rescue I mean rescue she had to go to the emergency and uh, so so clearly there's something going on there um yeah. yeah but that happens you know with a lot of dogs in different breeds it's the counter argument for that I mean you have you know everything from doodles to uh, pit bulls that are have you know bitten people and send send them to hospitals and it's always you know the breed itself that's getting subjected for individual dogs uh, to fault and you know it's not even their fault and it's such a it's such a difficult thing discussing this tiffany yeah. i am so cuz it's there's a bad business it's a bad business is the problem worried about you know misdirecting it every time because especially about the doodles people are so passionate about whatever side they're on and everyone is just like really loving dogs but it it becomes so well, yeah. hateful sometimes and becomes misdirected towards the dogs well i i don't think it's directed at the dog it's directed at the breeding the breeders and you know not be, i think it's more like you know, the dogs, um, I think we just have to be, keep in mind that when there's a high demand on a particular dog, somebody's going to suffer, unfortunately. And, and they're, that, it's the Frenchies, too, are the other popular designer dog right now. And so um, I think we just need to just start, start at the shelter first um, and try not to create so much demand in one type of dog. And that's, that's, my, that's how I feel because I worry about the... the the situation in the, the home that are breeding them and doing this for money because they're very expensive. They're like thousands of dollars. Yes, yeah, so it's interesting to look at how designer dogs are made. And in the Doodles case, uh, the guy who created Doodles, his name is uh, Wally Conran, and he originally created the Labradoodle as a guide dog for a woman whose husband was uh, allergic to dog hair. And, um, you know, so he... He thought he'd just mix the Labrador with the, the Poodle, and that went well, and the dog got trained and got shipped off. Uh, but the remaining puppies needed homes, and no one seemed to want them. So Conran then went to his organization's PR department, and he urged to tell reporters that the group had created a special hypoallergenic guide dog breed. And he mm -hmm. just did this to help you know these oh. puppies find homes. He had no intention of creating this fashion accessory oh, wow. and the breed was a surprise hit mm. and you know there's so many interviews with conran and you know i've heard him where he said that he 
you know, realized in a matter of days that he had created, you know, this breeding frenzy that was creating a demand for unethical breeding. Mm, yeah, he, he I think it was in the New York Times, actually, the article I read that he pretty much was saying that he regretted that he uh, did this because of what's happening now. Um, and that, that's unfortunate. Uh, I read a quote, I opened a Pandora box and released a Frankenstein monster, unquote. Mm. Well, he probably feels responsible for the overbreeding of them right now and the demand. He is, you know, he's the ignition to this breeding frenzy. Mm. So, of course, he's feeling responsible. He's very upset about it. That's why he's gone out in so many interviews in medias all across the world and, and talked about how he regrets inventing the doodles. But uh, to my surprise, a lot of doodle owners don't even know about this. Uh, no, well, that's why we're here. We're here to we're here to to spread information, spread awareness, just have help people be more knowledgeable what's really happening out there around dogs and dog rescue and breeding and the whole thing, and and you know that's that's why we're here. Yeah, and I don't want anyone who's listening who has a doodle to uh, feel. Uh, feel bad or anything because there are you know a lot of good dog owners out there who has the doodles or other dogs regardless of breed and are not a part of this problem Uh, however it is a problem when a designer dog is created because it creates an over demand Mm -hmm. um no it it creates a demand and they're overbred and a lot of them are just bred to end up in shelters and what you know Wally Condren has been saying about these dogs is that they're either crazy or they're hereditary problems. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, I've researched some of it and about the physical health. It's like they don't have uh, that many more physical problems than any other purebreed dogs. Plus the doodle is a hybrid and they're generally more healthy than purebreds. Well, uh, so I don't know uh, whether it's true and whether or not the doodles are crazy you can't really scientifically uh, prove yet or maybe you can but they haven't mm. well and okay sorry. however it's something that i reacted to because i'm a dog walker and i know there are dog walkers who don't walk doodles oh, um, really? as, I didn't a, know that. as a rule oh, because, because of they're their... so against this phenomenon mm. of them being bred um where their mind is not fully there mm. and where that's you know not prioritized over them being hypoallergenic or having that cute look that somebody falls for. That's so interesting. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I see the appeal. They're super cute. They're hypoallergenic, but they're big dogs. But um, yeah, you know, the the thing is, is that I, th- I think that you what you have is a very high energetic dog, but you have a poodle, a standard poodle who is extremely intelligent, one of the most intelligent dogs, breeds, right? There's a lot of hypoallergenic dogs out there. And the standard poodle, I just, why not the standard, just get the standard poodle, is, I'm curious about. I was just curious. Is it because they're perceived as not as a family dog and then the lab is? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's definitely a lot of families who have poodles. Um, and and they're, they're good with family dogs. Uh, but, yeah, they're not... I don't know why they're not considered as much family dogs as Labradors because they're definitely sweet enough to be. They're high energy dogs and maybe it's uh, the maintenance of the grooming of them that makes them not 
uh, be deemed to be family dogs because you have to spend time uh, on that fur. But the same thing is about doodles, that they require a lot of brushing and grooming because mm-hmm. they have that hypoallergenic hair. Yeah. So this is one of the things that is why a lot of doodles are uh, surrendered into the shelters. I mean... They end up at the shelter because some of them can be very hard to train. And if you're not willing to put the time and to hire a trainer or do the training yourself, it can be very frustrating and hard, especially for a first-time dog owner. And they end up in the shelter for that reasons as well. Exactly. And the fact that these people are bringing their doodles into the shelters, speak of what kind of breeders they're getting their dogs from. Because like I've said before in this podcast, if you decide to buy a dog from a breeder instead of rescuing a dog from the shelter, then that breeder should want you to return the dog to them rather than to the shelter. Any responsible and AKC approved breeder would want this. So this is a thing. But sadly, most breeders are not responsible and they don't take the dog back once they got the money. And these dogs end up in the shelters because the breeders didn't vet their buyers good enough. Mm. And this makes me so angry with the breeders because it's uh, it's like selling a car to someone who doesn't have a driver's license. Yeah, it, it it's. I wish it was regulated. I wish somebody, uh, there was a government agency that would check in on them. I mean, obviously, yeah. that's my and, dream. And I mean, I'm not saying that they're not great dogs for first-time owners. Like, in a sense, they, they really are because of many reasons. Uh, but but when you sell... When you sell a doodle as a puppy to someone, you always have to vet that they're going to be responsible parents because this is a high-energy dog that's going to need a lot of company. Doodles especially, like, they do not thrive if they can't spend most of the time of the day with someone special to them. Yeah. They need a lot of company. Yeah, definitely. I've seen it firsthand. I see it in the parks um, because there's a lot of of doodles everywhere, and there's a lot of here in San Francisco. And, um, you know, they're they're definitely a handful. Um, You know, they're, they're, I mean, they're very nice dogs. They're, they're just got a lot of energy. And there's, you, if you're somebody that likes to take runs and go on adventures, then that's great. Um, But, not everybody's like that or not everybody can. It's a lot of time. You have to have, you be able to put a lot of time. So if you can't and you can't hire a dog walker, that's something that definitely keep in mind. When you hear the word a designer dog, you're thinking like, oh, these dogs are living it up and they're having this luxurious life. What's wrong with that? And so despite their unfortunate status as it being a designer breed, it doesn't mean that, that you can't find them in the shelters and the rescues. On the contrary, that they end up a lot in rescues uh, and shelters. I mean, just here in San Francisco, or, or I mean the Bay Area, there is uh, two rescues for doodles specifically. Plus, you see them popping up anywhere, of course. Mm. If So if you're looking to get a doodle, know that there are a lot of doodle rescues. That's a good point, because there are expensive i i mean they're selling them selling them for like two thousand three thousand dollars um i was shocked i i that's a lot of money to me it's a lot of money um and i i i would hate to have to pay for that give somebody who's um not deserving of that money like a breeder that's doing it for that much money and doesn't care about the dogs and has just got some 
I, I, I anyway, that's that's me. I have a hard time with that when, especially when there's so many dogs available in the shelter that are nonprofit. They're just they're not there to make a buck. They're doing this out of the kindness of their hearts because they care. Um, so, I really wish that people would uh, see the bigger picture of them buying a puppy from a backyard breeder or you know, God forbid, a puppy mill. Uh, because it has such a domino effect on dog homelessness and such a direct effect on healthy dogs that are being euthanized that it's a, such an important part of consumerism. Um, you know, if um, yeah, if you're getting a doodle or any designer dog, do your part in responsible and humane consumerism and check out the rescues and the shelters first. I mean, please, I, that's that's... That's the thing, you know, if you really have your heart set on a specific breed, there's a rescue organization for every breed out there, everywhere. And maybe it may not be in your state or your country, but there is that out there. And perhaps just see what's available in your city or your market or your country. You know, just just do the do the right thing first. So it's interesting to talk about the doodles because it, it's such a yes and no side when you're in the dog business or the rescue business overall. I mean, you know this, Tiffany, from, you know, talking to other people in the business. Everyone has an opinion about doodles. Do they? I mean, like, I, I, I have a hard time. Um, I, I mean, I know what the opinion is of, you know, a lot of dog walkers and, um, you know, people in the rescue world. But I don't know what the general public's opinions are because I, I feel like it's one of those things you you know you don't you don't want to you don't want to make anyone feel bad or you know it's it's a sensitive thing to me it is I don't know exactly because you don't want to target individual doodle owners so it's it becomes difficult to speak of mm-hmm. but yes like you said you you heard what what some people in the business think and it just creates such a uh, polar opposites. Mm. The way I usually describe it is, uh, for, for people who don't know, is that it's called the Stepford Dog. You know, uh, like the Stepford yeah, Wife, yeah. that movie with Nicole Kidman? Yeah. yeah make, You've seen yeah. it? It's the Stepford, the Stepford Dogs. Yeah, have you seen the movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know the Stepford Wives are the whole... I know oh, I know exactly what you mean. I think it's become one of those common... That's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, I have to... Yeah, and for those who doesn't know what the Stepford Wife is, um, it's uh, like this couple moves into a community where they sort of rewire the wives' brains into becoming housewives and dumb and obedient. And yeah, this is... And and so when you talk about the the doodles being the Stepford dog, uh, it's about how they're bred for humans' uh, needs and you know at fault that they lose some of uh, having um, a, a sane mind in that process, uh, and that they're you know here to fulfill someone else's needs rather than their own needs as animals. And I think that's what's making a lot of people in. Uh, the dog business upset about uh, mm. the doodles and that's what Wally Conron the creator of the labradoodles said too you know that they're, they're crazy so I think that kind of explains it to those who are confused about why people mm. are upset about the doodle breeding but you know there are a lot of people who disagree with uh, uh, Wally Conron and the doodle posers 
And they say, you know, that you find crazy and unhealthy dogs uh, in all breeds. Like I said before, it's so hard to talk about breeds, don't you think? It is. It is a sensitive subject. It's almost like, you know, it's not one of those things we're completely united on. Um, it's almost like, you know, this co- the country right now, it's a very divided, um, I think, in many ways. But I do want to say that... Um, I think we should talk about it. We should have an open conversation about it. But, you know, I was curious, Louise, when you were saying, you know, there's a thing about doodles among people who are in the rescue business and work with dogs and whatnot. But do doodle owners know there is? You know, I was thinking that a lot of them don't. For first of all, when you Google doodle, you mostly find breeders and backyard breeders that are selling mm-hmm. puppies or kind of mm-hmm. Wikipedia information uh, promoting the, 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 the benefits of their personalities. Mm-hmm. And it's just, mm-hmm. um, it's just a lot of that. And uh, I have to Google a lot in order to actually find Wally Conron. Of course, I know about it, but mm-hmm. I was interested to see how easy it was to find the information for someone who is just looking to buy a doodle and never heard about this issue before. And no, my conclusion is that I think that most people don't know about this. And, uh, you know, they go ahead and get their doodle. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of them can also be like great dog owners and, um, you, you know, not see how it contributes to a bigger problem or I wouldn't blame them for it either because they don't know. I just feel like when you get, and I know this might be, you know, this may come across as opinionated, but I feel like when you, when you get a dog, you get a dog because you meet a, you meet a dog that you connect with on a deep level. And there's something um, that you feel between each other and you may meet no, several dogs. No, but most dogs. people get dogs as puppies, you know? I like, know, That's not because you meet a dog you connect with. That's like people who get rescue dogs. That's, I know. So it's, for me, it's a hard for me to wrap a, my head around. But, you know, you can also adopt puppies. There's so many puppies at the rescue and you can have a connection. You can, I mean, it, I don't, uh, to me, it's not like, oh, I want, I want a dog and I want it to be this. It's not like I, I didn't, you don't meet your husband like that or you don't you meet your girlfriend like that by, or maybe some people do. Like, I want her to be blonde, double D's, and a big butt. And Size blue six. Eyes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing about having that, um, you know, a, spe- a dog with special looks. It makes people in the rescue business upset because uh, w- when a dog breed, or, or a hybrid in this case then, as the doodle is a hybrid, uh, explodes in popularity and they're going to be bred so many of them. We're just so frustrated because we ha- we're overwhelmed with mutts in the shelters that are perfectly fine dogs. And mm-hmm. so many of them are going to be euthanized because to make room for these other dogs that are being bred while these dogs already exist. This, and it's like because they don't have the looks. Like they're really not that yeah. different. Yeah, I think you just, that's what it is. It's that frustration, knowing this and seeing it and seeing it over and over again. These perfectly sweet, loving dogs not have an opportunity because of how they ended up there because they're, they're a mixed breed or, you know, it's, I, we, it's, we it's, sympathize with this because we see it in human culture towards each other as well. You know, we mm-hmm. who uh, don't fit in and or, you know, we're, we're not the generic pretty or, you know, the, the purebreds or, you know, 
people who who don't fit in the same way is like with these mutts in the shelters and uh, yeah and these designer dogs it's creating an opposite cause of fighting dog homelessness it's creating consumerism of dogs and treating them like products that we can overproduce because it doesn't matter if we produce too many that didn't get sold you you really just hit the nail on the head and you really hit it like a soft spot when you were talking about your you you when you talked about um just we we see them and, and how we relate to them and that really made me think about that makes sense of why I do relate to them because I see something so pure and good and love but maybe they have like a fucked up eye or they ha- they're missing a leg or they are you know too too fat too skinny whatever they don't like they don't have the right colors but they're just as deserving as anybody and the fact that they are discarded and not looked at I mean humans feel like that too and it it that's what it does remind me of I feel you does that make sense Oh, it totally does. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I think it's beautiful. I think a lot of people are short-minded about their dog consumerism because they don't know better. I like to think that's the reason. Hmm. But yes, of course, there are people who simply don't care and they tend to objectify their dogs rather to include them as family members. And I think it's our jobs uh, in the rescue to try to vet those people out of the adoption applicants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that they cause they'll end up in the shelter. I mean, because they are lifelong members. Yeah, we members. don't want just homes for these dogs. We want families. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Of course, it could be just one person. That's totally fine, you know. But uh, we want them to have a relationship um, that that values them. Well, you always say it perfectly, Louise. You say family member. And that's exactly what they are. They're family members. It's like you're adopting a child. It's somebody that's going to be in, with your life, in your life until they die. I think that's a wrap, Tiffany. It's a wrap. <laughs> God. All right. God. Oh, my God. Okay. When Pookie Doodle Puppy sings his song, all the other puppies join along because they love to hear him sing more than almost anything when he goes woof woof tilly puff pookie doodle